You are listening to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn's home for student-run radio since 1971. As many of our listeners know, this is Weagle's one and only weekly drive-time morning show bringing you weather, sports, the menus at the edge, weird news stories, Alabama State history, and more every Monday through Thursday right here on Weagle 91.1 FM or WeagleFM.com. Broadcasting live from the Bradley based in WEGL studio on the first floor of the Harold Melton Student Center. I'm your Tuesday host, Alex Houston. It is currently 59 degrees outside of the Student Center right now, but it is humid. There might be some fog and rain to be expected. It's going to be a little cold tomorrow, but by next Tuesday, it'll get as high as 85. Now today, I was supposed to be joined by a extra special crew, but it appears that, that crew is now just one. That is... <laughs> The Eagle Eye news producer at Eagle Eye TV, frequent collaborator on Through the Lens, Sydney. Hey. Thank you for joining the show. Were you having some issues with your headphones? I just don't feel like I can hear anything. Really? Yeah. Is it turned up? I don't know. Wait. How about now? Oh, that's so much better. Yeah, so we have some issues with uh, headphone um, regulation because people will... (laughs) No people. So this button affects all the headphone audio in the station, but you're not supposed to press this one because each person has their own personal preference. You're supposed to do it through there, and each person. So, but then since this is always different, the next person comes in who knows how to change it that way. Well, like because we come in here and these things are like to the max, and it's crazy. <laughs> well, clearly they're not listening to us because we scream. We, tr- we, we yeah, obviously, obviously not. Well, some of the music these people we listen to, I don't know, man. We got some loud music shows <laughs> on Weagle. I'll tell you that much. But it appears that, contrary to many of my standard Compact Discourse episodes, we'll have to begin today with some quite tragic news. In the, in the essence of trying to be journalists, I suppose, that's what we're supposed to be. Our, all of our teachers tell us that. Just a little bit. As they pretend that all of our, all of our student media organizations don't exist. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, as many people listening to this probably saw yesterday, very tragic news coming out of Nashville, um, a mass shooting at a school, I believe it was called the Covenant yeah, School that's right. in Nashville, just outside of Woodmont Baptist Church, I believe. A mass shooting happened yesterday. Seven people were killed, three teachers, or three administrators at least, Yeah, three students, and then the gunman was also shot and killed once police got to the scene 14 minutes after the mass shooting began. This is, I believe, the 129th such mass shooting since the beginning of the year, which is crazy because I don't think there's, there hasn't been 129 days since no. the beginning of the year. I think it's been, what, closer to 90 at this point. Yeah. And I believe that is the most at this point in, like, the last four or five years. I saw that graphic on the news yesterday, and I couldn't find it replicated again but like they always do like the by march of last year there were this many by yeah. march of the, i'm pretty sure this is a higher number again oh well it just goes up every year it seems to and i don't i i i had a whole thing of what i was gonna say but i you got anything for me because i don't even i think i saw that this was i don't know if it's kids or just people in general uh but we've hit the 400 mark for how many people have been killed by guns just this year, oh, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, it's it it's so you know because we we kind of have experienced this because you know we have grown up in that age where schools have been responding to that. You know, like yeah. I was talking with my roommate Sutton, who went to the same high school as I did, about 
like, you know, we were talking about the whole doors and whatnot. And like at our high school, McGill, they're all basically like bomb doors now. Like they, really? they don't, they don't have handles on them. They have bulletproof glass. They're like sheet metal. They're gray. And those are the kind of things that, you know, we just were like, okay, sure. Whatever. They're making a change. Okay. Like, cause McGill got rid of all their old doors and replaced mm-hmm. them with those. Cause they actually had an auction for all the doors. My mom bought like three of them. I don't <laughs> That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it generated money. People like people bought them all. So <laughs> interesting. It, it, if you if you can make money, you make money. But that was, you know, kind of a reality for us. And we also had this thing called Alice training. I don't know if that was something that you yep. dealt with. Where yeah. you know teachers would go around pretending to be gunmen, knocking on doors. Oh, we, I think I might have told you about it before. We did. I was in, I was in middle school. The weirdest part of this, by the way, was that they'd never told the high school they were doing this. So you can imagine really? the the chaos that this could have caused. At least they might have told the teachers, but they didn't tell the students. They took a whole day. I don't know if um, I think a lot of schools have started doing half days, where like one day a month they'll do a half day. This is the teachers can have like a work day. And so that half day we did, um, we just did active shooter training and they literally brought a man who worked at the police station and like they brought a bunch of police, but they brought a man who worked at the police station to dress up. Oh, Jesus. And. Gotta be kidding. I don't think you ever went that far. We, but we did like different drills for like what you do if you were in the classroom, what you would do if we were all in the lunchroom and like, I mean, we were kids, so we acted like it was for fun, but. Because we were like playing, but you know, if you take two steps back and look at it for what it is, it's absolutely horrifying. Yeah, we like it's it's a day that. it's a day off school almost. It's like yeah. oh, we're not doing classwork. We're, like because we had um, our sports broadcasting class that I took with Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in this tiny room with one entrance in, one entrance out in the library, and like we were like. Our teacher was like very serious. She like said one of the things they've given me is like something to make a tourniquet. I'm like. Okay, oh my God. and like we we made we made jokes about it because what else do you do? Yeah, I mean, what, how how else are you supposed to treat and like look at it for how our teacher was like, yeah, really Davis, is. you and Alex grab the ladder in case we got to throw the ladder at somebody. And I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, they would tell us that like we would go into a class like it would be like once a year they would talk about it, and you would hear teachers saying like, like I remember so many teachers saying like I would literally like give my life to save you guys, and I'm sitting there and I'm like. It's like 9.30 on a Tuesday morning, and I'm supposed to be learning about like algebra, and this is what I'm hearing. This is not right. That's the most unsettling part of it is the fact that, again, growing up in that generation that we've both been in, right? Mm Because, I mean, you know, Columbine was kind of like the first I think that was right before I was born. And then then Sandy Hook is kind of when things got even crazier and... The preparations have escalated every year since then, I would say, at least in terms of how the timeline works. And, I mean, it's it's crazy how many of us just probably didn't process. I mean, because, again, like, I, I'm thinking about it again now, about the fact that my teacher was like, hey, guys, here's how you're supposed to use a tourniquet in this situation. Yeah. I'm, and 16-year-old me was not thinking properly of, of how that situation was. And now I'm thinking about it like, okay, what? Yeah, yeah. Like... That was literally like a normal once a month. We're going to talk about this. Okay, that's cool. Like, what? It's, Why were we just. It's completely insane, is how I can describe it. And it's horrifying that this is the reality that we've almost been forced to accept. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like now, I saw somebody tweet about this actually yesterday, and I thought it was a very good point is that after 
any one of these happens, of course, there are massive calls for gun control from the president down on to anybody who wants to call for it. And people are like, how dare you take advantage of this sensitive situation? And people are like, you're, treat- you're treating this like it's a hurricane or a tornado with yeah. some uncontrollable tragedy. where yeah. you-, you can't get out of the way of the hurricane. But there's this is just people reacting to a situation in the mindset of, okay, how do we fix this? Yeah. So it doesn't keep happening. Exactly. And instead, instead like people would treat it like, like some uncontrolled, like it's a weather event or it's an earthquake or like, cause if, if somebody, if somebody takes time after an earthquake to call for, you know, better building regulations, maybe that's not the right time for it, but this is different. This is very, very different. There are dozens of countries that you can look at that are very similar to ours that have had a lot more gun control policies be put into place that don't have this problem. And and the tr- the truth is, you know, we've both grown up in in the South area, so we, we I'm yeah. sure we know a lot of people that feel very differently about oh, the situation that we do. And it really that's the thing is that it's become such a I don't want to say aggressive issue, but like the fact. Is oh no, like, it is. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Look, I don't want to be mean. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be. And I was talking with my roommate today, and he was like, "All right, well, say it in a calm manner," because I was just like yelling about the situation because I was so angry earlier. And I was like, right, "I'll be so. calm. I'll be calm on the air," but it it just doesn't seem that complicated to me at times because. It's not. Do we want to get super political? Sure, sure. There's a there's a constitutional amendment that is the second one that specifically says, or unspecifically in certain cases says this, because nobody really knows, because it talks about a militia, but it talks about... Anyway. It's weird. <laughs> but the, what, what bothers me is how I will see each time this sort of event takes place, and it's horrific. I mean, these three nine-year-old kids that were killed yesterday... I mean, yeah. I, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go into details on that. But I'm gonna go into detail on that. It's three nine-year-old children, like and not admi- even double digits. Exactly. And Do then, you? That's so incomprehensible. Exactly. And then I believe the other three victims were both all over the age of sixty, including the head of the school. Yeah, so those I are teachers stepping in as best they can in an event like that. And it just frustrates me because we've seen. The side door thing become an issue. We saw it all yesterday because we've got the TVs out there about the fact that oh, oh people my left God. the door unlocked, what? which actually they did not. I don't, I don't know if you heard about this, but in researching it, according to at least the police chief, as of now, they believe, still investigating the matter, of course, they believe all doors were locked and the door that was opened, it was a side entrance, was opened because, shockingly, the shooter just shot their way through the door, which is a thing. And it's just... It's so crazy to me because if you ever talk up to, to, to certain people about it and you're like, hey, I think we should probably maybe do something about the fact that anybody can get a gun to do anything. And the, yeah. the response is always, well, criminals are going to get whatever they're going to get regardless. That doesn't mean you don't try. Like, <laughs> And my point even about the doors is like, even if you lock the doors, if somebody wants to get through a door, they could, in theory, get in a door if they really, really wanted to. Yeah, but I mean, the point is that's a stupid argument, right? Because obviously, we should we should be locking doors anyway. But that the point is that's not the the only fail safe as well. Yeah. The, the the only hope is to lock our school schools down like prisons. And that's not that's not how it should be, anyways. Every single door should be able to be unlocked at all times because it's an elementary school. Yeah. What if a kid just wanders out? You never. <sighs> it's an elementary school. It should not be locked where down your like a biggest prison. problem is. This kid bit this other kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> that it, should be the biggest issue. It's just, it's very frustrating 
to me, and I think to you know a lot of our generation, because a lot of our generation has grown up through this as students, as kids, and eventually a lot of our generation will become parents with children in schools. And I don't, yeah. Na- <laughs> to be honest, there's a lot of a lot of things that I see every single day that make me think, do I really want to? bring kids into this it's just it's it's so frustrating to me that it's just become accepted as a reality at a certain point like i know there was the one in chicago a few months ago mm-hmm. and i wasn't going to say it by name but i'll say it fox decided that one of the issues was that apparently um school counselors are over medicating students what okay <laughs> you didn't see that no 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 i saw that i i, I saw that and I was like, yes, yes, obviously we should definitely do anything in our power to deconstruct um, the mental health support system in schools everywhere because that's definitely something that we don't need more than yeah, ever. Yeah, and wasn't that their argument in the first place? We have a mental health issue, not a gun issue? Yes. Like, sorry, but isn't that, wasn't that? That was, that was the point. That was the point. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who specifically it was on the station that said that, but doesn't. doesn't Here's matter. my thing. I'm 20. I am two whole decades old, two decades I have been on this earth, and this has been a huge issue since, well, I mean, for a long time, but I, like you were talking about Columbine and Sandy Hook, those were a couple years before I was born. So this well, has no, been Sandy an, Hook was 2012. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking, Columbine was 2000... Columbine was in the late 90s, I thought. They, I can't remember. Sorry, I, guys, I'm bad. It was 1999, <laughs> so that was, that okay. was a year before I was so, born. Four years before I was born. This has been a problem for almost 25 years, and it's worse? How have we let it get worse? I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. So here's a story in the Washington Post. Um, More than 348,000 students have experienced gun violence at school since Columbine, and I don't even know when the date of that article was, so, because I can't get access to the Washington Post, but oops. Um... And let me look at a graphic. So in, let's see, it's just, I don't, let's see. While background checks have skyrocketed, the number of K through 12 school shootings in the United States from 1970 to 2020 to June, 2022, it has risen to as much as 250. I believe that's in 2021. And this one's already to, it says 150 in 2022, or that was 2022. So we're still again the number. Sometimes I forget to... what year it is. Oh, don't we all? Well, why don't we take a brief commercial break and come back and continue this discussion in a moment? You're listening to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. We'll be right back after this. Normally, I use bumps to bring us back from the PSA, but most of them are too upbeat, and this conversation is anything but that. So we're continuing our discussion, working through the Nashville situation as best as we can, just trying to provide a student perspective almost, as much as is the fact that I just think I don't know what else there is to say about these things at this point. I found a graphic. This is from 2018. 
since 2009, and this is as of 2018, according to a CNN graphic, there were 288 school shootings between 2009 and 2018 in the U.S. Canada, France, Germany, Japan, Italy, and the United Kingdom combined had five. <laughs> so, it's pretty cool. I, like, so what do you I, say to that? I believe that, but based on the numbers, that so CNN said that I believe the U.S. was... 57 times as many school shootings as other major industrialized nations combined was the uh, statement. That's a heck of an article headline. What are, what are you on? It was a CNN story from a few years ago. Okay. And it said, the U.S. has had 57 times as many school shootings as the other major industrialized nations combined since 2018. And I do think it's important to say that all of our all the opinions that Sydney and I ex- are expressing on this show are our own. They do not represent the stations that we work for, because you know that's just a thing that is is is, impo- is important to say. Because while we're while we're certainly expressing our opinions in a very, cl- in, I would say a very clear and deliberate way, we acknowledge that there are definitely differing opinions out there, and could very well be differing opinions from people at Weagle Eagle Eye around Auburn University. And we're not trying to pretend that. Everybody agrees with our sentiment or not, so just want to just want to state that out there and try and be an actual journalist. I don't know. I've I've, I've learned things from here and there. I don't know if my class has ever taught me that, but you know, <laughs> I, I do what I can. We like to think they do. Hey man, don't we ever? <sighs> yeah, I, I know you were looking into. I found an Axios or Axios article about um, the background of it of the shooter yesterday and. I don't want to go into too much detail on that because even even the police department is is withholding um, as much information as they can. But as far as I know, um, there were the shooter possessed two what could be classified as assault weapons. I think. Yeah, I'm not. That's, I'm not. That, there seems to be some some lack of clarity. This there. is from ABC News. And ah, okay, it says well. two assault style rifles and a handgun. And um, that's all I see. B said that they might have had others at their home. And then, yeah, I think they in the in the search of the home, they also found, I believe, a shotgun or two, I thought. I'm scrolling through right now. The suspects, um, let's see, a sawed-off shotgun and a second so- shotgun in search of the suspect's home. The police uh, police chief said, we have a manifesto. We have some writings that we're going to go that we're going over that pertain to this date. We have a map drawn out of how this was all going to take place, which is terrifying. Again, this was a former student of this school as well, 28-year-old former student of this school that teaches K through 6th grade, I think it was, or maybe it was preschool through 6th grade. Uh, Preschool through 6th grade, that was right. The school was founded in 2001 as a ministry of the Covenant (laughs) Covenant Presbyterian Church. And... I noticed that it says the two assault style rifles uh, were or it, okay. Wait, sorry, I'm trying to read. Okay, there's there a lot. Three, yeah, we're trying to, we're three trying things. To two of them they are pretty sure were purchased legally, yeah. which you know a lot of people like will talk about. Oh well, they yeah, most a lot of times this happens with like someone that's living with their parents. It's like a teenager. And they'll say, oh, well, they got it from their parents, and their parents purchased it legally. Well, this isn't that situation. And I feel like it kind of highlights the fact that it was that easy to get two. But why do you need that? You don't. And I think, again, it's just, you know, I... 
I don't I, I'm thinking of a statement that we had in in a class we were learning about it's is it called like the social contract essentially it's like the 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 idea behind that is that you basically as a society agree to give up some things at some points in order to yeah. Be protected. Like you give the government something so the government will then protect you and other things. It's like yeah. kind of the general idea. Yeah. That, that's a very loose definition. Again, I'm <laughs> sorry about that, y'all. That. Like I, I'm working my way through it as we can. But I just think that it – at a certain point, isn't it? All right, we'll do this because we recognize the harm that it's causing to everybody else. Yeah. But. And nobody's – like we both grew up in Alabama – and hunting is a big thing here. Yeah. Like, I know that's a big argument is like, well, what about that? Like hunting for sport. And nobody's saying that that should not be allowed, you know? Um, it's just, there's n- there's essentially no regulation right now in terms of... It's very, very limited. It's like really easy. Like, I, sorry, go ahead. Re- no, it's, that's, it's just really easy to go buy a gun. Like any type, basically. And it's just, it's so, you know, I saw somebody tweet about it um, a few days ago. No, this was actually, this was when the last major one happened, I want to say in Chicago, in that area. It was the fact that once Sandy Hook happened and nothing was done, nothing was ever going to get done. And I think, because Sandy Hook was, Mm. I don't remember the numbers, it was horrific. And... When when that happened and nothing really changed, like, you know, schools like mine and, and schools like yours, Sydney, and schools all across the country have had to adopt their own rules and regulations and gone out of their way to get those doors, like the ones I talked about, the ones me and my roommate were talking about, the ones that Davis can attest to as well. But that that wasn't a government regulation. That was, we've got to get these because we don't know what the heck could happen kind of situation yeah. it felt like. I mean, maybe it was like... And again, I, I went to a private school, so I don't know if a government regulation would have affected it anyway. Mm-hmm. But like, that's that's the point where that's that's all that's been done. You 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 just your eyes widen while looking at something on the computer screen. I was looking at the number of deaths at Sandy Hook. It so was what was the number again? Twenty-eight. Oh, good lord. <sighs> well, um, yeah. I was so. also thinking about uh, there's a big teacher shortage right now. How is this supposed to help that? You know, we have all these. And I think a lot of it is like uh, certain specializations. They're having issues filling those positions. It's not just like all teachers in general. But, you know, they talk about how the working conditions are not fair and they aren't paid enough and they aren't are honestly aren't treated fairly. Um, how is this supposed to make anybody want to? want to do that i would agree with that and i think additionally to this whole situation you know what frustrates i think me and frustrates a lot of people specifically a lot of our friends and people in this in our age group and whatnot is the fact that immediately after situations like this it's always like a turn to scapegoating one issue or another or another and i want to i want to touch on that a bit because yesterday we were around weagle after it happened because it happened like yesterday morning yeah it was early i was here and a conversation got brought up about um video games and, you know, video game violence, desensitizing children and whatnot. And, you know, that, that argument has been used by certain um, supporters of a certain amendment to say that, well, we have to fix this. That's going to solve the problem or whatnot. And, you know, immediately when people hear that bring up 
video games. They're like, whoa, now, what do you, what do you mean? It's not video games. And, and the truth is, this person that brought it up did, did not mean to make it that kind of argument of video games are the only problem, everything else is fine. It's just the fact that this has happened to so much. We're all desperate for an answer here. We're all yeah. desperate for explaining why this keeps happening. And w- again, once Sandy Hook happened and we could never make any progress on that front, we've just been, everybody's just been just running stagnant. around in circles trying yeah. to figure out what the heck we can do then because what else are we supposed to do? We, we've, we've given it our best shot, it feels like. and well, not, then- At least we, we as in one side of the aisle yeah. is given the best shot and nothing's been able to come out of it. And that was kind of what I said is that like as people sort of reacted, they're like, what do you mean like video games? And, and, I, and I, I tend to like I don't know if video games are like like my, my statement was that video games are one of a billion different issues that might desensitize people in society anyway. But the truth is, that's not the problem. That's just us trying to find an answer, trying to find a way to help this, a way to try and lessen the problem that we're facing because we're. We're the, desperate. The vast majority of us just kind of feel helpless at this point. Exactly. So, so it leads to those kind of discussion, those kind of arguments, and it was it was a, it was a fair discussion. I think there were some very fair points brought up there, and I think, again, once a step on the literal thing that is, again, I know President Joe Biden has been talking about an assault weapons ban. I don't I don't know the full details of that ban, but he's been pushing for that since he got elected, and he once again at his speech yesterday pushed for it again because I want I want to I want to say exactly what he said. He spoke with Tennessee governor and Nashville mayor after the shooting, described the incident as heartbreaking, quote, it's ripping our communities apart, ripping at the very soul of the nation. We have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. And again, I think it, you know, that that kind of discussion and I, and that's what I said then is it comes out of the fact that we don't know what to do. We don't know what the next step is because no step has been taken. And since Sandy Hook was, what, 11 years ago? Yeah. um, I'm trying to – yesterday when I did the show, I put a clip in of the press secretary talking about some of the stuff that Biden's done since he's been in office. And I was trying to find what what some of those bills were. And one of them – was recent. I can't find exactly when it was. Oh, uh, June last summer, and it was. It basically is a bill that was passed that it says it expands on an existing law and it will prevent people who are convicted of domestic abuse from owning a gun. And then, like any situation in which someone is deemed a threat to themselves or others, the court can be petitioned to remove weapons from them. I mean, that's helpful, that helps, but it doesn't, you can't always, not everybody has a domestic abuse charge against them. Not everybody is immediately deemed a threat to themselves or others, or taken seriously if done so. You know, that's just based off of people's judgment, not necessarily. I, would, I, I think that's, you know? that's a very good point. And I just found some additional statistics. According to the Gun Violence Archive, which I wish, I wish there was no reason to have said archive, yeah. at least 57 people have died in 38 mass shootings in the U.S. so far this month. An additional 133 people injured. We're just going to leave with that. 
for a time. We'll be back after this. You listen to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. Once again, we are back on Compact Discourse, Weagle 91.1 FM, WeagleFM.com. If you're listening outside the Auburn Opelika Megaplex, Alex Houston alongside Sydney Babb here yet again. I don't know where else to take this. I mean, we can move on to the other things I had planned to talk about today, but... It feels it feels almost odd to go from this to talking about the menu at the edge, but I don't know I don't know how to how to how to maintain a level of normalcy. And I also don't just want to I don't I don't want to just spend time talking. So I think we've made our point clear. And again, you know, this is not this is not so much about for any people listening who perhaps disagree with our sentiment. This is not about you know creating some sort of angry and argumentative atmosphere. It's just us expressing our frustration at situations that, again, we've continued to grow up in and continue to, I mean, you know, my, like, my little brother's still in high school and whatnot. And I have two little brothers, like, one in high school and one in middle it's school. It's just, I, I don't know, what, I don't know what, else, what else there is to say or put about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's just sad. It is, and it's, it's sad that even more so that, that you know, if, if, if I were to make... An episode on if I were to turn each episode of the show into something on mass shootings every time there was one, then that's what every episode of this show for likely the rest of my time at Auburn would be because there's been 38 this month, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you know this, but it's only March 28th, which means that's 38 in 28 days. Yeah. So don't know how to deal with that. And again, I just think it became clear again yesterday. When seeing the different news coverage, seeing that, yeah, I'm going to say it, seeing on Fox News that their big headline was, side door was used to enter. And I'm like, okay, come on now, y'all. Well, let's not use that as an excuse now, yeah. shall we? So, after after they, after they I saw a video of the police chief say, and I quote, um, the side door was, like, as far as they know, all doors were locked. Not that any elementary school... Any elementary school doors really should have to be locked during a school day. Like that. But. Again, it, I don't know, man. Anyway, shall we move on? Yeah. I don't know what to move on to. (laughs) The menu at the edge? No, no, we saved that for the final segment, of course. Oh, okay. Got to leave people with with some, with the, with the, with the meals in mind as the, as they go, go off to. I never uh, go to the edge anymore. Well, you know, I try my best to, to give, keep people educated on the options (laughs) as best I can. Um, let's see. Obviously you guys were, you were working yesterday on your show, uh, run through, right? Yes. Was that for a show that airs tonight or was that last night? No, it was last night. Oh, how'd it go? It was good. Um, it was kind of shorter. You know, things just kind of start falling off towards the end of the year. Yeah. We're getting close, and there's not as much happening. We do have, let me think, um, there's the fashion event coming up. Tickets are on sale for that right now. And that's the that's what the apparel, merchandising apparel students put on every single year. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. That sounds cool. It is. It's actually really cool. They do it in the Coliseum. I didn't go last year. Tickets are $10 for students, and then you can do like a VIP thing, and those are $50. Really? So you you know that this is a big deal if they're selling something to students for $50. (laughs) Um, And then you can get – there's like a book that comes with it, a lookbook. And actually there was a girl that was in it last year – she 
was an apparel merchandising student because she has a younger sister that's like in my year. And the girl is graduated now, but she like was a big part of it. She did this. Her name is Annabelle. Or I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. Um, I know it starts with an A. I apologize if she's listening. She probably isn't. <laughs> but she did this really pretty top that was made entirely out of pearls. Ooh. Yeah, it was really cool. So there's just like really creative stuff like that. Um, she actually works in New York City now, big time. But Whoa. She she was she made a TikTok. Where she, after she um, interviewed for the job, she found out she got it. And she made a TikTok standing in her garage waiting for her parents to get home. And when they pulled into the driveway, she was like jumping up and down. They put it on the Today Show. Really? Yeah. It was like a big deal. Really? Crazy stuff. Um, What else? Let me think. Actually, let me just go to my rundown and cheat. So I was going to say that, you know, another event that's coming up is UPC is hosting their movie at Jordan-Hare Stadium. (gasps) Our favorite. The voting is finished, by the way. The voting ended on March 25th at 8 p.m. Had they put out any hints yet? Uh, Well, no, because the voting was public, so we know who won. Oh? So in third place, Ant-Man Quantumania with 19% of the votes. Thank God. (laughs) Lord have mercy. That... I couldn't have done that. Uh, ooh, I wouldn't have gone. Lord have mercy, I would not have gone. <laughs> at In third place, at 20%, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. No! Okay. In second place, at 29%, The Hunger Games. <gasps> I'm going to cry. Which means that in first place, with 32% of the vote, a movie that has captivated TikTok and the world lately, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. No! What do you mean, no? <laughs> no. Did you not like Puss in Boots, The we Last Wish? We could have watched Hunger Games. Did you not like Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? I haven't seen it. Well, now you got a chance. But I don't. Sydney, you don't get it. Dude. <laughs> you, you don't get it. Is it really that good? Yes. There was somebody that I was talking to the other day that was like, me and my boyfriend were going to go watch the movie. And then we got there and it was not in theaters anymore. And I literally cried. Yeah, I would too. I was like, you're in college and you cried over Puss in Boots. Yes. I'm like, yeah. So it was that good. Let's just say this. Puss in Boots. So the first Puss in Boots film, let's go to Letterboxd. Uh, oh, I've seen the first Letterboxd. one. The first Puss in Boots is most of its ratings on Letterboxd. 46,000 people gave it a three out of five stars. That's a six. It's an okay movie. I mean, yeah, it was fun. Puss in Boots The Last Wish has 158,000 five-star <laughs> reviews. It has 112,000 four-and-a-half-star reviews. It has 165,000 four-star reviews. It has 27,000 three-star reviews. Okay. But is this Only like... Only 327 people have given it half a star. But is this like people ironically liking no. it? Because people already Sydney, like to do that. I, no. I saw it. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> what? I could not believe how good this movie was. Megan said... The she, last wit. Wish. Yes. yes. Megan said she might have cried if she wasn't embarrassed about crying, but she said she might have. What? Okay, wait. This cast list. I oh know. my God. Florence Wait. Pugh. John Mulaney's in this? He's a little Jack Olivia Porter. Coleman? This is insane. Sydney, this movie is cinema <laughs> in its finest form. Wait, there's someone on the cast list whose title is just Boy. Yeah. Tracks. Okay. <laughs> it's wait. good. I'll be there April twenty seventh. You can get a seat next to me if you'd like to watch Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. I'll 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 say I'll save a spot. 
injured I, in hair. I guess. I mean, it's an hour and 40 minutes of my life. What else am I doing? It's, Sydney, it's so good. I'll bring a pillow and blankets. Yes. Last year, I went and saw Spider-Man, and I had already seen the movie. I love the movie, and people talk about it like the, like it's not the best movie in the world. Um, they're wrong. If you listen to the Through the Lens podcast, uh, you would know that we do not like Spider-Man No Way Home in this household. I liked it. It was good. What is it? Um, What's so bad about it? I mean, the ending is incredibly sad. That's true. That's true. But a sad ending does not make a good movie. Three Spider-Mans in one room? That's true. You ever heard of nostalgia bait? Uh, what? The, I, I still think it was good. Look, okay, look. Really? We're not here to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. We're here to talk about Puss <laughs> anyway, in Boots, The Last Wish. I went to <laughs> I went to see it last year, and my only complaint was I didn't bring enough pillows and blankets. That's true. You're sitting in the cold seats of the stadium. Yeah, and they're like hard concrete. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to like lay back on hard concrete not and great. watch a two-and-a-half-hour movie. They used to let you be on the field. That was like a thing. Yeah, um, why don't we do that anymore? I don't know. That makes more sense because then you're like closer, but also it's like cozy, little picnic I, I don't know. You can bring whatever food you want in though, which is nice. That's true. That's true. It is nice. The That's whole thing. Really is. Nice. Puss in Boots is actually still in theaters at the Auburn is it really? AMC Theater. It has one showing today, one showing tomorrow, and one showing on Thursday. Of, oh, no. No showing on Thursday. Oh, tomorrow's its last day, and it is at noon. What a convenient time. Today? See, th- this is why AMC is out of business, because in a college <laughs> town, they're airing a movie at noon. Why do you even bother staffing the theater at noon? They're probably all dumb and think that college students wouldn't appreciate art such as Puss in Boots, apparently. It is. I don't. You're mocking me. Do, you not, do I need to bring Davis in here? Davis, if you're listening, I'm you can sorry. call in. I still can't get over the name of the girl cat, Kitty Softball. Yeah, because she got declawed. It's so funny. In a movie with Puss in Boots, Kitty Softpaws, where you draw the line. He's a puss in boots. <laughs> I still can't believe that Shrek took off the way that it did. So I'm just... You know what You know what I like to do whenever I'm just sitting here living life and I'm thinking, hmm. Watch Shrek? Yes, actually. But <laughs> one, I like to have a genuinely serious discussion about the fact that Shrek 1 basically changed the way animated films were made, which is true, by the way. I'm just saying. It's 100% true. No, think oh. about it. Do we get do we get minions wearing thongs at the pool in Despicable Me without Shrek? <laughs> You're so right. That's what that I'm saying. That would not have ever been a thing. Think about what was before Shrek. It was Toy okay, Story wait. and Prince of Egypt. What is your favorite Shrek movie? Oh, Shrek 2. I have to think for a second. No, but here's the thing. So what I, what I love is like, so Shrek 1, right, cost $60 million to make, but it made four. 60? Yeah. $60 million? Animation ain't cheap. That is so they much all, money. They also had to do a lot of reshoots because I believe to Chris- take on a yogurt. If I'm not yogurt. mistaken, Chris Farley had recorded most of his dialogue before pa- tragically passing away in 1997. So they, they, the production was extended for many years. But it made $491.8 million, which is like, okay, that's pretty cool. That's a nice amount of money for an animated film at that time. And then Shrek 2 comes in and it made $935 million. Oh my God. It was almost a billion dollar movie, Shrek 2. Think about that. Let it marinate on yourself for a moment. <laughs> Shrek 2, which features a version of Livin' La Vida Loca. Yes, that was so good. Sung by Puss in Boots and Donkey made (laughs) $935.2 
million dollars. Did you ever see the extended version that had Simon Cowell? No, yes, the special feature that had that had Far Far Away Idol. Yeah, that was pure comedy. It was awesome. Okay, my favorite Shrek movie is not a movie. It's one of the specials, oh the Halloween God. one, where, where they would all tell the scary stories. And Donkeys was about a giant, what was it? It was a giant gingerbread man or all the gingerbread men were coming to get him and kill him. No, no, the gingerbread man had a dream that there were a bunch of female gingerbread women, zombies, coming to eat him. <laughs> talking about donkeys was the i don't but you're gonna have to explain it during the psa break this is compact discourse on weagle 91.1 fm weaglefm.com shrek made a billion dollars almost maybe kind of sort of sydney is losing herself over there but we'll be all right we'll be back after this Hello, everyone. This is Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM, WeagleFM.com. We thank you for joining us today. We're in our last segment, and we were talking about the amount of money that Shrek made and the cultural impact of Shrek 2. That movie's awesome, man. And I'll just say this. uh, I possess a Shrek 2 CD, and that is the only place where you can hear the original recording of the Shrek 2 version of I Need a Hero because it is no longer on Spotify. It's not? No, it's not. If you go look on the Shrek 2 album, it is grayed out for whatever reason. That and um, Living La Vida Loca. With, you know, uh, I'm going to be honest. What? Movie soundtracks that like honestly hit harder than the original that get taken off of things mm. are like literally my least favorite thing in the world. Like, for example... Robert Pattinson's song that he sings in Twilight that got taken off of all streaming platforms after they did not ask his permission to put it in the movie and just put it in the movie is one of the most devastating things. You know, every every time someone brings up Twilight, I thank my parents (laughs) that I never watched that movie. It's so good. Yeah, I doubt that. My mom said the Halloween one is hilarious. It's so funny. I used to watch it all the time when I was little. While listening with DirecTV paused, Puss in Boots came up on my mom's TV. <laughs> Let's go! Anyway, they can hear us. we're talking about Shrek, and you know what Shrek really loves? Food! And that means it's time to... <laughs> One second. Let's go to eat a snack. Time to go get a snack at the edge, everybody. Wow. The menu at the edge time. Sydney, are you, are you prepared for this? Can I guess? No? What? <laughs> I was going to guess one of the items on the well, menu. Go ahead. Of the whole menu, guess one item. Chicken tenders. No, They've never had chicken tenders. They have had chicken tenders. No, they They've had chicken nuggets. You're wrong. I've never had chicken tenders at the edge. I'll tell you that. I much. went to the edge all the time last year. I've never gone once this I go year. The, I go all the time this year. I will this summer, but... <laughs> your, your options will be limited. I'm... I will... Uh, my food options this summer are going to be so limited. It'll be all right, though. At Traditions, we've got some roasted pork adobo with confetti brown rice, roasted mush uh, mushrooms. I almost said roasted marshmallows. I was like, that's not right. Ew. 
Roasted Brussels sprouts, love those, and southern cornbread muffins. Then at the Ignite Grill, you've got a southwestern crispy chicken sandwich and crispy french fries. At the Urban Kitchen, it's shawarma beef, yellow rice, and falafel. At True Balance, steamed peas, grilled green beans, roasted mushroom and tomato salad, seasoned rice, and the meat is just not mentioned. So we're going to find out what that one is a little bit later. At Streetworks, it's the roasted Al Pastor pork with seasoned black beans. Vegan taco filling also is an option. And fresh pressed flour tortillas. The pasta is made to order today. Pizza is a classic cheese pizza, a mushroom and sausage pizza, and a pepperoni pizza. And then sweet treats, you've got a chocolate brownie, a vegan pecan shortbread, sugar cookies, and Boston cream parfait. I will say, I miss the soft serve ice cream machines. You know, when when I was a freshman um, at Foy, as in Foy Dining, which is no longer a thing anymore, rest in peace. You know, I always wondered... What? Where did y'all eat? Uh, Foy was the original dining hall, and the village was a dining hall. So we ate there, and the ice cream machine never worked. And I was talking to my roommate Sutton. I was like, if that ice cream machine worked, that would have been like a freshman 40. I ain't going to lie. I would have been yeah. eating that every day. But it uh, it did not. It got closed down when they needed to staff the edge. Instead. That makes sense. And that was the same for the reason they closed down Steak and Shake, I think, was because they had to staff the edge. That breaks my heart every day because I knew somebody that went here like the year that I was a senior, so before I came to Auburn, and they would talk about getting Steak and Shake all the time. I am a Steak and Shake advocate. Mm. I am the biggest supporter of Steak and Shake in the world. They have the greatest fries, and their milkshakes are so good. And they've been shutting down all over the country, and it's devastating and so when it was taken they have away no marketing i will do the marketing for steak and shake oh, i am ta- right. i am halfway through a principles of marketing course right now i will do it when i found out that it was gone the year i got here oh i almost transferred you know what's even more depressing than that is the fact that Aubon Payne is gone to be replaced by when a Starbucks. I, oh my gosh okay um background i'm a camp war eagle counselor there's 63 of us in every single training session they have different people from different offices come and speak to us oh no one of them was tiger dining Ooh, let me add him <laughs> so it was like three of them right and they come in on a thursday because that's when our training days are 63 of us sitting in the room and when they say because we're in the middle of talking they just drop this bomb and say aubon Payne is closing tomorrow you would have thought that they said the university itself was closing. The uproar that came from our, from the entire side of the room. And then they said, it's okay, guys. We're going to give you a, um, a coupon to use tomorrow for its last day. Took the coupon away. They took it away. Yeah, because too many people wanted it. Exactly. The thing is, Aubon Payne, and th- we're going to have to wrap up the show like right here, but Aubon Payne was the perfect college eatery because it had sandwiches, it had soups, it had salads, it had fruit, it had yogurt, it had literally everything. Stupid Panera. And said, now we're stuck with Starbucks. Oh my gosh, cake balls, yeah! <laughs> I'm sorry. Mid. The cake pops are good. Glorified McDonald's McMuffins is what we're getting there, man. I'll tell you that much. What? Starbucks is trash, and that is, in okay. my honest opinion, that's I, all I got to say. About I'm going to leave this with I disagree, but okay. Well, okay. To to replace Aubon Payne, though, that's all I got to say about that. But again, Sydney, thanks so much for joining the show. Of uh, what what a episode it's been, I guess. And perhaps we'll be back next Tuesday, same same group. Hopefully, 
Logan and Braden will be here, but you never do know with them. You never know. But that'll do it. Thanks for joining us. This is Weagle 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. We've done, this has been Compact Discourse. Weagle's pro- programming continues all day, so you can stick right here. Thank you.